Welcome to That's What She Did. This is one of your hosts, T, along with Michelle Talbert, and we're coming to you every day during the month of March to bring you these stories of inspiring everyday Wonder Women that you've probably never heard of. So grab a mimosa and buckle in. We're about to begin. Hey T, how are you? I'm good, Michelle. How are you? I am awesome. I am very excited to talk about today's highlighted, spotlighted, all the light in the world, <laughs> lighted woman. Her name is Charlotte Orton Grimke. And I'm just going to say why I really wanted to talk about her today. Charlotte was born in 1837. She passed away in 1914. Okay, so she died. I mean, she was born prior to the end of slavery in the United States. However, she was born wealthy in Philly, in Pennsylvania. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I'm confused. She was born into wealth, I should say, right? Here's what happened. She was born pre end of slavery. Right, but she was born in the North. In Philly. Oh, interesting. But her mother and her grandmother actually had been enslaved Africans uh, prior to moving north. Wow. And she is of the lineage of her master, her family's slaveholders. Um, so, you know, there's some issues there. It's such a complicated mm-hmm. history. Very complicated, <laughs> messy, ugly, even right. history. But at any rate, her grandmother's slave master for lack of a better term was the father was actually her grandfather and gave his daughter and his the woman who he made children with um their freedom and settled them in philadelphia and pennsylvania and that's actually where charlotte was born so that being said, my reason for wanting to spotlight her, and you're going to hear about her story, obviously, is I want to start off by saying that, you know, we're not a monolith. At all, a lot of times people feel like, oh, so what was discussed at this year's Black people meeting? We have <laughs> very different backgrounds and histories and narratives. And so even though, like with President Obama, people were like, well, he's actually not descended of slaves, but his daughters are through Michelle. Right, right. right. So with Charlotte, she's descended of slaves, but even though she was born prior to the Civil War, she still was not born a slave herself. That's and, incredible. But still an American, right? Still right. an African-American. And, and so it's really incredible her story and it gets even more incredible from there so let's just start with the fact that okay she's born a black woman who's wealthy right a black girl um born wealthy she was not allowed even though it was philadelphia pennsylvania she was still not allowed to go to school right so she was still a little black girl and so she was homeschooled and she actually in in terms of her parents teaching her she also taught herself french German and Latin. Okay. Well, about black girl magic. Okay. Her That's diary, incredible. Yes. Her diary revealed that she had read over a hundred books 
ranging from the classics to poetry in one year as a teenager. Wait, a hundred books in a year? A hundred books in a year in the 1800s at the age of 19. This is 1856. Wow. Right. Then she graduated and went up to a school in Massachusetts living with abolitionists. Her family, interestingly enough, given her mother's lineage, her father's lineage was very much from the abolitionist movements. So the African-Americans across the United States who were pushing for the you know, abolition of slavery. Mm-hmm. And it was an abolitionist in Massachusetts and he and his family took Charlotte in so that she could go to school in Salem. Massachusetts. Mm. She became a teacher, a grammar school teacher, and she was the first African-American to teach white students in Massachusetts. Really? Like, why don't we notice that? Like, I don't is, know why we don't notice uh, that. It's so frustrating. I'm so glad you came up with that's what she did. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's so true. You know, there are so many amazing, incredible people, women of color, and we don't even know this history. Like, not only was she born free and wealthy, she then went to school, read a bunch of books, read, you know, Shakespeare and, and, and the likes, and then taught white students in elementary school. She was the first African-American to teach white students in the state of Massachusetts. Well, in Salem, no less. Right. Like, have you ever been to Salem? Trials. I don't, I try not to go to Massachusetts. <laughs> I've been to Salem. Uh, I've been to Salem in the middle of their Halloween fest. And it was yeah. fun, but it is very white there. Like, I was going to say, I mean, you went during Halloween in a place where they like are known for burning witches at the state. You go right mm-hmm. ahead, girl. No, thank you. I'm adventurous <laughs> like that. <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> so apparently Charlotte was also adventurous because what happened was after the end of the Civil War, there were freedmen and women who went from different parts of the South to sort of the sea islands of South Carolina, off the coast of South Carolina, which this now touched me as I was reading more about Charlotte. I already thought it was incredible, um, some of her backstory. But Charlotte then went as a school teacher down to South Carolina and taught newly freed children and adults in the school system. She taught thousands. Wait, she went to the South to she do that? Went to the, she went to South Carolina right after the end of the oh Civil War to teach newly free African-Americans. Extremely dangerous. But you know what? Actually, there was a period of time in America that it was actually, we had an opportunity to make things right regarding race. We actually had black senators. We had black U.S. senators right after the U.S. Civil War. I think there were three to five, all men, of course, but there were three to five black men in the U.S. Senate right after the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And then the KKK had enough, you know, and that's sort of where Jim Crow laws came into play. So there was, for lack of a better term, a sweet spot where there was, you know, some movement, blacks were free able to move about freely, obviously just wanted their 40 acres and a mule. They were newly freed. They felt like, oh my gosh, literally we have a new lease on life. Yeah. We can learn, we can read books. We're, it's not illegal for us to read a book anymore. And so Charlotte went down and she did that. She did that work and she taught. And one of the reasons that this touched me is my grandfather and his family are from Edisto Island, 
which is one of the sea islands off of the coast of South Carolina. So it's quite possible that Charlotte taught some of my ancestors after they became free, which I had no idea until I started digging into her histories. So it's pretty in in incredible. At any rate, after she, um, after she did that teaching, she then moved up north. She got married to a minister. They spent the rest of their years in Washington, D.C., again, working, writing. She, she was an avid, not only a voracious reader, but she, was, she wrote in her journal. And she, like I said, she died in 1914, but her journals were first published in 1953. And it's one of the rare accounts of an, a free African-American woman living in the antebellum North. Wow, so where are her journals now? There, they've been, some of them have been published. And I forgot this part. Prior to dying, after all of that, she went on to be a clerk in the United States Treasury Department. Ooh, wow. Right, exactly. In 1873, when she stopped teaching, she got married in 1878 and um, became a clerk in the U.S. Treasury Department. So her husband was a minister and she was um, working for the U.S. United States Treasury in the 1870s. Wow. African-American woman. That's pretty incredible. She and her husband were both big parts, obviously now. So then we're ushering in some of the beginnings of the Jim Crow laws. Mm -hmm. And so prior to uh, Emancipation Proclamation, she was very involved, wrote heavily, hosted different types of talks and things like that with regard to abolition of slavery. And then afterward, again, still advocating for education and advocating for rights of African-Americans. And there's a quote that I have here from her. As a teacher, remember, she's a grammar school teacher. She's a teacher. So she said, I wish some of those persons at the North who say the race is hopelessly and naturally inferior could see the readiness with which these children, so long oppressed and deprived of every privilege, learn and understand. And she was talking about newly freed slave children who were not allowed to read. Mm -hmm. How beautiful is that, you know? And I think some of that actually resonates today. But we have schools in Baltimore that have no heat. Mm -hmm. And people who feel that, you know, our children are just sort of blowing in the wind in certain urban areas, especially or rural areas. And she's, you know, was there, boots on the ground, working with the children day in and day out and caring. So here we have this wealthy woman, and we talk about that even now sometimes. Michelle Obama gave a speech tonight, and she was, well, she had a conversation tonight at a woman's organization, and she was saying how sometimes we get a seat at the table and we're actually useless because yeah. we get the seat at the table, we're afraid to lose the seat at the table, so then we don't speak up, we don't advocate. This was a woman who was born of privilege. She didn't have to do anything. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. She really didn't have to, but she worked extra hard. And then went back, and not even back, she's not from the South. Her family was from, her mother and grandmother were from the South, but she wasn't from the South. She didn't necessarily have ties there, you know? Mm -hmm. So there are all these rich layers to speaking to what that African-American experience was from a totally different perspective than a lot of the narrative is, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's very layered. And what's incredible to me is we're talking about a first-generation freed Black woman. That's correct. First generation. So she came out of a 
a legacy of slavery. That's correct. Right? right. And found herself in a different position and was like, self-taught. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to learn how to read. I'm going to learn all these different languages. Yeah. And I'm going to take what I know and I'm going to bring other people along with me. What also I think is really incredible is, so the quote that you recited of hers regarding education is, to your point, a conversation that's still happening today. As much as things have changed, some things haven't changed all that much. And um, prior to coming into what I do now, when I used to do policy work and campaigns and stuff, I, I worked in public school education policy. And I can't tell you how many times I've stood in a public school and they are segregated by race sometimes. That's and right. It was, you know, the wealthier white kids that were getting the services and the resources in that school and the black and brown kids still being treated like they couldn't learn. That's right. In the very same building. Yes, exactly. And we're not talking 50 years ago. We're talking two years ago when I was still doing this. Well, three years ago when I was still doing that work. Yeah. So... Yeah, and now it's inc it's incredible. I mean, if you think about it, even though you know this is a little ways back, you know, Boston they had riots over desegregation in the 1980s. Yeah, you know when when you know we kind of joked a little bit earlier about Salem and Massachusetts, and I don't go to Boston or to Massachusetts for some of those reasons mm -hmm. because as a teenager that made such an impact on me you know, that they were rioting to keep mm -hmm. Black students out of their schools in the 1980s, you know? Yeah, it's not that long ago. No, I was in high school when it was happening. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting as well when we do take that sort of historical look, and that's why I'm really excited about Charlotte sharing Charlotte Fortin Grimke's story is because there are so many layers to her story that are still happening today. Mm -hmm that having the context of the past can help us make certain changes in the present. Absolutely. That, you know, looking back, what they say, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it, yep. you know, and we don't know a lot about our history. And there are some nasty things in our history that I think we need to know. And there's some amazing things in our history that I think we need to know. We need to know it all. Yep. You know? Well, Miss Charlotte, is an yes. incredible woman. And I'm yes. glad you told that story. I'm excited to have learned about her. I never yeah. heard of her before this. No, me either. Me either. I'm just super excited and to share her story. And if anybody wants to look up more information about her, her last name is spelled G-R-I-M-K-E with an accent on the E. So Grim K. Um, and uh, yeah, do your own research. I mean, this is what this is all about. This is really awesome tea. Thank you. So that was Charlotte. That was Charlotte. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to the next episode. We are like deep into uh, Women's History Month information sharing here. I'm excited. Me too. We have so many more great women's stories to tell, so I cannot wait. Absolutely. So we'll see you guys on the next episode of That's What She Did with Miss T and Michelle. T and <laughs> I'm so used to calling you T. With That's T fine. T Everybody T calls T me T. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends. You just heard an episode of That's What She Did, bringing you stories of incredible women doing incredible things. Make sure you join us again tomorrow as we bring you the deets on another everyday Wonder Woman to inspire you on your journey. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Oh. 
and make sure you share it with your friends. Spread the love. Bye.